gear up as Cash Miller and a team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the agency power show. Hello, everyone. This is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Today, I've got with me Rebecca Bender of Rab Marketing. We're going to be talking email marketing. You know, how do you get into someone's inbox? How do you, you know, get higher open rates? Really grab their attention. The things you need to be doing because email marketing has been, of course, it's like since the dawn of the internet and the first email address. Um, you know, and it, there's always opportunity. People have said over the years it's dying, it's dead, and all these things, and that's all wrong. You know, we start there. It is not dying or dead. It is thriving, actually. And, you know, you can, as a business owner, take advantage of it. Rebecca, it's great to have you on. Tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So, as you said, my name is Rebecca Bender. Um, I am the agency owner of Rab Marketing, um, which has been going on now for about two years. Um, and it is something that is kind of a passion of mine. Um, I've always loved mar marketing. I've been in marketing now for around 10 years. So I've done corporate marketing prior to having my own agency. And that's really what made me want to move out and branch out to do something on my own. Um, so Rab Marketing really is catered around email marketing. As you said, it's something that I find interesting. I love getting people higher click-through rate. I love showing business owners that email isn't boring and that you can actually get money from your emails. A lot of people don't realize that. They think, oh, I'm just sending out an email newsletter just to let people know about this, this, and that. Well, you can also make sure that those emails are bringing in profit for your for your business. Um, and it doesn't need to be a large scale. It really is all about making sure the subscribers you have on your list are subscribers that are interested in clicking through on your emails. So and even an email list that has 300 people on it can get you profit. Um, so that's something that we really thrive ourselves in uh, at Rob Marketing is trying to show people that email is is important to your business. Yeah, it's it's really a value. You know, we do a bunch of email marketing for clients and such. And if you, you know, with email, if you're building a list and you've got the right list, and like you mentioned, if you've got the right people on the list, they can end up doing, you know, buying from you. You know, so there's a lot of uses. Let's talk, you know, uh, just a little bit of, um, kind of the history of email marketing in the sense, you know, just of like, because it goes back, you know, as one of the first digital marketing tactics, and it's really still very strong today. You know, so what is the evolution? What have you seen? You know, what does it look like for people? You know? Yeah, I, I've definitely seen a big evolution in that I feel people are wanting marketing that is like someone talking to them like a friend. Um, they aren't so much wanting the click through bait. They, they don't want the big red, you know, sale now, here it is. They want someone saying, hey, how are you doing? Is there any way I can help you? Actually, let me show you how we're helping the world and how we're influencing our, you know, group of people that we have at our business or in our company or that are associated and how you can help as well. Um, I think especially in the millennial audience, a lot of those people are wanting to find a brand that they connect with, find a brand that's authentic, and find a brand that is going to make them feel like they're doing something good. Uh, you know, make them feel like they're helping in some way to make the world a better place. And I think you can definitely do that through the way that you speak on your emails and, and through the branding that you use and the brand voice that you do on your emails. So, and that definitely correlates in sales. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, with email, 
what you mentioned, you know, speaking to your customers and stuff, you know, we often talk about like with social media, you're able to speak to your audiences and people that might buy from you. But with email, these are people that typically have bought from you, you know, potentially, but at the very least, they've shown an actual interest, you know, because they right. signed up, you know, for that newsletter list, they got on the list, you know, with the idea that they wanted to know more about what you do, how you, you know, serve people, what products you might offer and such. And that's, you know, it's really different because, you know, when you're reaching out on social media, you have people that are interested, but you also have people that you're, you know, not necessarily going to care. Yeah. You know, so it can really be a difference in the interaction, you know, that, that you're going to have with people. Um, you know, when it comes to, you know, cause you mentioned like clickbait. Okay. So let's, let's start with how do people really, you know, or how do companies get people to engage with email, you know, without being kind of spammy and stuff, you know, you send an email, you know, a lot of people, we receive these things and it's like, Hey, you know, we got this great offer or whatever. Like how, how do you set it up so you can engage with people without looking spammy? Yeah. A lot of it is, is storytelling. Um, and making sure that it's something that people would actually want to read. Are they going to be engaged when they're looking at their email and actually want to click through to something? Um, and a lot of that, really, you don't have to you know, put the promo code straight on there. You could say, hey, this is what we're doing this week. This is something that might interest you. They click through to your website and the promo code pops up on your website. You know, It could even be that. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be directly on the email with the promo code. I know a lot of people like to do that because it's right in your face, but sometimes telling the story actually will benefit and, and give you more sales um, than having that kind of a clickbaity email. Um, like I said, being able to be relatable, being able to have something that's interesting, a compelling story, maybe telling something about your company's story and your background and why you're passionate about what you do or you know something like that uh, definitely sees better results from what I've seen. Yeah. So the idea is, is tell your story, educate, you know, consumers yeah. essentially about your brand, about the products you offer or the services and whatnot, and build a, a relationship using email over time. Right, right. And cash going off of that too, you know, back to basic marketing techniques, the seven points, you know, they talk about like seven times people see you that after that, then they'll decide that they want to purchase. And so why not have email be one of those points? Because people are constantly on their phone. They're obviously sitting at their desk, at their computers at work, and email is always there in the background. So having that as a point of contact where you're like, hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm still here <laughs> reminding them that you're a, a part of their their, you know, genome, a part of their, their knowledge of your company. Um, yeah, it's really beneficial. Oh, let's, yeah, let's talk brand voice for a minute in your emails and stuff. I've had conversations yeah. with people on how you're using social media to put out your brand voice and really kind of craft an image of who you are as a company and stuff. So how much can you do that in, you know, your email marketing and such to, you know, build up a, your own persona as a company and like say, you know, how you talk to them and stuff, you know, how can you leverage it? Yeah, I mean, I've done it a couple different ways. And it's interesting, because I've definitely been a ghostwriter for CEOs of companies where it looks like they're directly talking to the person. Mm. But it's just me writing in the background. Yeah. Um, but that's an example of using that brand voice and making sure that you are relatable, that you're a person behind the email. You know, I think that's the big mm -hmm. thing. There's a person behind the email and they are interested in reaching out to you. 
So whether that be coming from the CEO, whether it be coming from, you know, someone in the company. And the other thing too, that I think people need to make sure they're utilizing is that when an email pops up on someone's, you know, feed and they're looking through all their emails, that it doesn't necessarily say it's coming from your company. Maybe it says coming from Cash Miller, or maybe it says coming from Rebecca Bender. If there's a name there, people are way more likely to click through on that and say, who is that? Do I know that person? You know, so it's, it's kind of a good way to increase your, your click through rate uh, by having an actual person sending it. Yeah. That's always, you always have to be careful, you know, about who is sending it, make sure, you know, that it's because otherwise it can go in a spam and stuff like that. So, you know, and I say it's, yeah, it's personalizing it. some. you know, I say, I think you could tie that into the brand voice that you're developing and stuff. You know, you could get creative, you know, in that, um, I think, uh, so there's a, a chain just to give an example of what you could do with email. There's a restaurant, like a sub sandwich chain, uh, which, which it's called, and they use like a, um, uh, what is it a paper bag puppet? Yeah. as like their mm-hmm. company mascot. And so what they could actually do is have it come from the puppet. Yeah, for the right. email itself. And so they could take and extend, and they probably do this, I don't know, but you know, extend the uh the voice of the puppet. And so you know, I don't know what the puppet's name is, you know, name is, but whatever it is, you put that as part of the email, and now it's the puppet talking to you. Right. Yeah, you can if you've got a mascot, if you've got, you know, like I say, some you know, something that you're using that you're putting out, you know, everywhere else anyway, that makes you unique you know, put it in your emails, don't change the tone, you know, lean into it instead. Yeah, yeah. And an example of that. So I used to um, do the email for way up. And they have Abby, Abby is basically she's not a real person. um, But she's she's an automated email that gets sent out. But people thought Abby was real, because they they just Abby was a person to them. And so we'd actually get responses. Oh, thank you so much, Abby, for finding a job for me. You know, <laughs> good. it was great because it was like, wow, this is working. You know, that is a testament to the fact that it's working. It seems like a human. It's humanizing the situation when really it's an automated message that goes out to every candidate. You know, so that's that's a prime example of that working uh, for for you know the better of getting click through rate and getting responses. Yeah, so. I, I like that idea. So if your company does use any kind of a spokesperson or anything like that, yeah. like I say it doesn't have to be the the you know, owner, founder, CEO, or whatever, it doesn't have to be the top person in the company, it can be the spokesperson, because that's a lot of times who, you know, your audience is actually identifying with, you know, you think of, a, you know, most CEOs within a company, you know, company, especially large brands and stuff, in very few cases, could anybody tell you who's actually running the company? Yeah, so, but they can tell you who the spokesperson is. Yeah, let's say I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you who's um, running McDonald's, but I can tell you, I know all you know plenty about Ronald McDonald. You know, yeah. Some people might think he's the CEO, you know. So. Right, but for example, in that situation, the spokesperson or the customer service representative wasn't even a real person, you know. So yeah. it could literally be a made-up name. Yeah. Um, and it just represents the idea of that person. When you get progressive, and you end up getting the email from Flow. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> but they've developed, but they've developed actually a cast of characters too. If you look right. at their their commercials, Flo's not the only one. So you could actually take those emails and change them up and have some of the other people that are, have become a bit more well known. I know she's got that short dude. I couldn't tell you his name, but the sidekick guy that's mm-hmm. always doing you know silly stuff. You know, you could have you know different emails come from him occasionally or something. And you know, so like I say, you can take it and you can extend it. They don't have to be boring is the idea. Right. And they, I think humor and just having fun, honestly. Uh, people are so tired of dull, boring emails. So have fun with it. Yeah. Another thing that I've noticed is people are used to the same kind of like taglines and emails. Yeah. And so why not throw something random? What we saw is that our oops email that got sent out, it said, oops, that wasn't supposed to go out was the top click through rate email because people were like wait what wasn't supposed to go out what you know so yeah because now they're wondering what happened (laughs) yeah they're like was it me was it you and so that kind of stuff is is fun to throw out there every once in a while as well i wouldn't say doing that all the time obviously because they would get used to that idea and then it's not it's not worth it but you do want to surprise every once in a while and that can kind of increase um your click through rates so, yeah. yeah, that's really that, that's really good. So, so the first you know takeaway is that you would you know look to craft you know some sort of a storyline for it, or have you know it could be a spokesperson, it could be you know if you have a like I say a mascot, it could be your CEO, it could. But the idea is you want to craft something you know that makes it that they can start to identify with it over time instead of just you know your standard hey how you doing you know mm-hmm. here this is our latest offer you know you know put together a voice and then you know you stick to it and it should be part of whatever you may be doing with the rest of obviously your branding and everything and the way you're speaking to people on social media and such exactly you know? exactly yep and even pulling off things from social media hey did you see that post that we did last week on da 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 click mm-hmm. here to check it out you know so that you can pull them back into your social media account or whatever campaigns you have going on and just keep them kind of circling in your little funnel. Yeah, so, no, that's another yeah. good idea too, because you can take that, you know, that's, you know, repurposing content essentially and saying, hey, did you know about this? Yep. Yeah. Um, so how much is too much though? Let's say, you know, let's talk frequency a minute, because, you know, depending on, the industries can vary and stuff, but what have you seen as being a, you know, a good approach to the number of times you send an email and also, you know, does that like change depending on audience groups and such? Yeah, it most definitely changes on audience groups. It also depends on, like you said, what kind of business you're running. So if, for example, um, I used to do emails for, um, they were, is a job, they were looking for people that were looking for jobs. Um, and so those kind of, that kind of audience is going to want emails almost every day because they're looking for jobs. They want the newest yeah. thing that's coming out. And so it really does depend on your niche. Um, and then it also depends on kind of what the style of email is going to be, because if you're a podcaster, you might want to send out something every other day. And that might not be too much because your business is based off of communication and it's based off of writing and blogs. And so that might be something that works for you. Whereas if you're a service, you know, or a product based kind of thing, that might not be what you need to do. It may be every three days you send out something, or maybe once a week you send out a newsletter um, and you do promos scattered throughout. So it really is dependent. Um, I would say if you feel like your audience is unsubscribing at a rapid rate, you're probably sending too much. 
And you need to make sure that you're looking at that, that each email, you're not getting, you know, the first email you send out, you're getting 30 people unsubscribing. The second one, you're getting 60 people unsubscribing. Yeah. That's going to tell you that your emails aren't working um, and that your audience isn't the right audience and that maybe you need to slow down the amount of emails you're sending out. So that's yeah. really a big factor. Yeah. Also watch your click through rates too, or your open yeah. rates, you know, your open case, rates. yeah, watch the open rates because if you see that as you spend, you know, send more, the open rates are dropping, you know, right. um, consistently, you know, then yeah, you're sending too much and stuff. So, you know, your stats are key indicators of whether, you know, your volume is, you know, too much. You know, right. So. Right. And, and even going off of that, we were talking um, even earlier before we started uh, doing this, but about spam, so if you're sending out your emails too much and they're getting flagged as spam, you're going to see that in your open rate. You're going to see that in your right. click-through rate. Um, so that's, and, and a lot of the time you'll actually see it in your email provider, depending on what you use. Um, so some of the Klaviyo and some of those other ones, they'll, they have a way of showing you um, that you're going into the spam folders. So. Yeah. One thing to watch because of, you know, I've seen this through stuff I've received is, if you're if people are not interacting, so they're not opening your emails, eventually it can end up either like Office uh, three six five has a clutter box versus right. a junk box. So you have two different ones that you can end up in. And if the people are not interacting, eventually it can end up in the clutter. You know, the system itself is saying, "You never open this thing. I'm not sure you want to read it anymore. So I'm going to put it over here, and you can check it later if you really want to." Yeah, so it won't necessarily go into the junk, but if you know, but the you're going to have your decreased you know open rate because they're not seeing it immediately. Right, and cash going off of that as well, you'll also see um, that some, there's also promo folders um, with like Google Gmail has a promo folder. So if your emails are yeah. too templated, and that's sure. something that I warn people as well. If your emails have a lot of imagery and they're very templated, they may look beautiful. Um, let's say you use an email platform like Flowdesk or one of those ones that has like a really cool, beautiful template style. Yeah, It's great, but you have to be careful because if you overdo it, those will end up going straight into the promo folder on Gmail and no one will see them because no one clicks on their promo folder unless they're actually looking for a QR code that they put an opt-in for, you know? Um, yeah. that's, that's a folder that kind of just emails go to die, I would say. So you have to be very careful about how much templating you use on your emails. And I would say less is more um, when it comes to actually making sure that you're getting into people's inbox. Yeah, there are systems out there too, you know, because since we're on the how do you get in the inbox, you know, area, there are systems that can help you test subject lines and things like that. Because, you know, emails have a number, you know, or email systems look for um, certain types of words, yeah. yeah. And so things like um, email on acid and other systems that are similar can, you know, tell you which ones are likely to get flagged because they'll score your email before you send it. Right. And, and so that's really important, you know, that you're doing that because, you know, people, the one thing that happens, especially for business owners, they want to send the emails and everything, but if they're doing it themselves, they start to get lazy about it. Yeah. You know, so they don't change up the subject line enough. They have too many kind of spammy words in it and, and also the body of the email and whatnot. And so that's also likely to get you flagged, even though the email's legit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you still have to, you know, you got to remember that on the receiving end, it's not a person looking at it. It's a computer scanning it, you know, analyzing the email and saying, where, do, where does this belong? Right. You know? So you want to keep those things in mind and consider using, you know, systems 
that can help you cut, you know, basically improve the email. You know? yep. Um, yep. It is a case of where uh, email experts, you know, can be useful, you know, obviously, <laughs> because, you know, trained to use those systems, spend the time to make sure, because the goal is, is to get, you know, as high open rates as we can, high click-through rates and such. And let's say business owners often don't have the time or the knowledge necessarily to go in deep. So you want to consider that if you're looking at it to do it for yourself, you know, you want to make sure you're educated if you intend to go that route. Right. Well, and the other thing too, is just the littlest details can cause issues with email deliverability. And that's something that I, over the time of learning email, have seen with many business owners, they get super excited about, you know, I, I'm going to go into ConvertKit and I'm going to create this funnel and I'm going to send out these emails. And, you know, and, and so then when I finally get my hands into the stuff and I look at everything that they've done, I realize simplest thing they didn't authenticate the account or yeah. you know and, and that is causing everything that they've sent out for the past six months to go to spam you know but but it's something that someone like me who's been doing email for almost 10 years now i'm able to immediately get in that account authenticate it figure it out and we can start getting some emails into the inbox rather than spam so it saves them a lot of time and pain that mm -hmm. trying to figure out why that's happening because it's something that i'm you know well versed in and, and know my background in so yeah it's definitely worth the time if you um want to set up a, a good funnel for your business to find yeah. an email marketer yeah, like I said, because, you know, the other thing that, you know, people don't realize, too, is sender reputation and stuff, you know, because, yeah. you know, your domain could have issues over time. You can end up like we typically, we might register a different domain to be able to build up a reputation score for it, uh, but, you know, not necessarily go from our normal one. A lot of companies do that. They'll have something separate, you know, uh, because you have, like you know, company emails, you have people with actual email addresses. So a lot of times newsletter address, you know, emails should be like separate, you know, for whatever you're sending, because they like say the systems are also looking at those, um, you know, so you have those scores that go on and you can end up getting, you know, specific email addresses can get blacklisted and such. So yeah. there's a number of reasons that you can essentially end in the junk box or the spam folder, you know, and you want to be able to consider, you know, all of them. Um, yep. let's, you know, let's talk metrics and stuff. You know, what are the most important things that they should be, you know, business owners and whatnot? What are the things that really matter the most, you know, yeah. with emails? Yeah. I mean, we talked a bit about subject lines, A-B testing. Um, all of that is really, in order to A-B test, you need to know your numbers. You need to know, mm -hmm. are people opening? What are they clicking on? What links do they like the best? What CTA button is working the best? Um, and it could be something as simple as using a CTA button at the top of your email rather than at the bottom of your email um, that would change a metric completely and allow you to get more click-throughs to where you want it to be. So, I mean, click-through rate, like I said, opening up, making sure they're actually opening it. If you do have a CRM system or a um, system that allows you to see the hotspots of where they're looking at in the email, that's really great. Um, and there's there's a lot of things to look at but and a lot of different systems that allow you to do different things. But um, yeah, for the most part, just making sure that they're clicking through, right? Because you want to get them through to that offer. Yeah. So that's really big. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you, you do want to look, um, you know, look at this number of sends and stuff, how many are received. So pay attention that they, because a number of systems can tell you if they're ending up in junk boxes or something. Yeah. You know? And, you know, I say there are indicators that if you're not getting high open rates and you were, then something's changed on that end. 
and then of course the click-through rates you know what are people actually seeing you know email market email statistics tend to be a little bit more simplified than some other areas but they're really like highly important that you know you are looking at these you know stats and such and knowing because part of it is is you know like say looking for um check the trends you know have things changed over time you got a high open rate and suddenly you're not what has been the difference sometimes yeah. it's things out of you know somewhat out of your control that you can work on but might take a little bit you know but it wasn't something you specifically did it could be failure to do stuff and you know, i say because you didn't change anything uh, you know so that's a real consideration too let's uh, let's talk about um lists themselves you know so what are some of the best practices of getting lists because people have taken so many different approaches and i know i get tons of emails i never signed up for yeah yeah um so yeah i mean i i've worked with a lot of different businesses on email and i've seen a lot of different people try to do different things to hack their way into getting subscribers really the truth of the matter is if you want a good open rate and you want people that are interested in being on your list they need to have opted in and i know that i know that's hard to hear because we want to get this big list and we want it quick and we want it now but your open rates are going to struggle um i i've seen a lot of people like i said i've worked at businesses that they go and they buy all these different lists online because that's mm -hmm. what they were told to do is to grow their email and their open rate stays around 10%. And then they call me in and they're like, how come I can't get my open rate higher than 10%? Why, what is happening here? And I'm like, well, the majority of the people on your list are not interested in your emails. They did not sign up for your emails. Yeah. Uh, you bought them. <laughs> so they are literally just clogging up your potentially the good 10% that are wanting to open your emails. It's making, it's making those st statistics look bad for you. Yeah. Um, and it's making it harder to reach that 10% that really wants to hear from you. So I tell people opt-ins, um, doing any kind of lead magnets, whether it be on your website, whether it be on your Instagram, Facebook page. And what I mean by lead magnet is essentially a page that would lead people to putting their name and email in. So whether that be for like a free book download or a template or something that gives them value um, that they would want to sign up for. And you can definitely lead them over to just signing up for your newsletter if you're a podcaster or someone that creates content. But if you're a product-based industry, generally giving some kind of freebie is what gets people onto an yeah. email list the easiest. So that's that's what I would recommend. I would have a opt-in and not just one, I would say like four or five, as many as you can get, test them against each other, see which ones work best, and then really go with the ones that work best. Um, yeah. So. yeah, definitely test multiple you know paths. Yeah. Um, yeah, as an agency, we have a standing policy that if we think you bought the list, we won't do your email marketing. There you um, go, yeah. Because, well, because certain systems for one, um, depending on who, you know, if you load that list up, those systems are going to ask where you got them, mm -hmm. okay, which is, you know, fairly standard thing. But if you, you know, end up with this horrible, because, you know, you send out a bunch of emails to um, all the people on the list and a bunch of them, you know, never signed up for it, spam, whatever, you know, it'll destroy the reputation. And then the system itself, the, whatever company, they're going to question you and, and potentially yeah. kick you off the of the system we use as a company emma for all the email marketing and we have an agency account and stuff with them and yeah they'll ban all of all of our stuff if we go do that 
yeah. you know, is like their policy. So, you know, and we're not going to risk, you know, doing our, you know, the emails for all the other clients we do because you gave us a bad list. So we're going to question where you got it. Yeah. Before we're going to be willing to use it because we're not risking our reputation, you know, as you know, with the, you know, providers we have to use, you know, yeah. so that's another, you know, consideration. Don't buy lists. Okay. No, no. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of ways that, you know, yeah, you could do a freebie, you could do social media, you could sponsor something on social media and then mm -hmm. trade, you know, a download or, you know, whatever you may do, you know, want to do for that email address. So you can, you know, get them to actually opt in. There's plenty of strategies for opt-ins. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, a hundred percent agree. Um, and yeah, it's, as far as opt-ins, it's, like you said, there's lots of different strategies, A-B test them, see what works best, and then really put your all behind them. And if that means paying for some ads, um, pay for ads for people to get free things, you're actually yeah. paying for someone to come onto your email list in that way. So maybe instead of taking the budget that you would have bought a list, put it towards ads uh, that have opt-ins connected to them. So yeah, that's what I would recommend. Yeah, I like say you can go that route. Um, and a number of people do that. They like say they pay for the ads. Yeah. If you're willing to pay for the list, why aren't why aren't you willing to pay for the ad? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you're going to get a much cleaner list anyway of people that actually you know are interested or they wouldn't have signed you know signed up for anything anyway. Yeah. Um, if you are a uh, business owner trying to get started, so you have no list, and you want to be able to, you've got a product that you sell or whatnot, you know, like something that you could buy online. What what would you advise for them to get started? So. What's that, that marketing plan? You know, I want to do email or the steps I got to take. I haven't, I am starting from scratch. What would you yeah. advise? Yeah. Big thing is getting people to your website. And the minute that they get on your website, put a pop-up on your front page of your website um, and have that pop-up say, you know, a free, you know, something freebie, whether that be a book or whether that be a discount or whatever it is have their name and email. Once they put that in, they will then be sent an email from your email provider with that information. And you now have captured all of that. So I would say first steps first, go onto your website, make sure you have pop-ups um, that allow that. Don't make it junky. Don't do too many. Really give them one option. Comes up right when they come onto the webpage, probably like 10 seconds after they sign on. And that's it. You don't want to overdo it. You don't want people to get upset because they can't use your website because things are popping up left and right. Um, but I will say that having a pop-up on your homepage is going to benefit you greatly uh, because it'll allow anyone that comes in that's traffic that are interested already in your brand to have the option to put their name on your list and their email. So first things first, that. Second, I would go ahead and like I said, maybe start some ads, have those ads be in funneling into an opt-in of some kind um, and test those out, see which opt-in works best. Um, making sure that uh, even on that first, you know, the first thing I said, making sure you have website traffic is really important for that as well, obviously. Um, so making sure people are coming to your website, whether that be through Google ads, um, whether that be through a Google merchant profile or whatever, people need to find your website. Um, so making sure, which is something cash, you're very into the yeah. SEO of your site, yeah. um, making sure that that's up to par because that's how people are going to find your website and get into your email list. Um, so those two things, the opt-in and creating some kind of an ads funnel. Um, and then the other one would be putting it all over, putting it on your Instagram and posting about it, um, getting people to get into that opt-in page, however you can from social media. Yeah. Social media ads can be 
effective in that because they're um, they're cost effective. They're really, yeah. you know, it can be still really cheap to run to get people to opt in. You know, so at what point would you advise a company, you know, because if you're starting from scratch, it takes time to build up that list. So is there a number that says, okay, once I hit here, this is when I would start, you know, doing my emails because initially you could be doing them for 10 people, you know, and so you're, and it's the same amount of work, whether it's 10 people or a thousand people. Well, the truth of the matter is once you get a welcome series going, it's a funnel that can continue with whoever signs on. So it doesn't matter if there's 10 people in that funnel. It doesn't matter if there's 60 people in that funnel. Once you get that welcome series set up, it'll just run itself. Um, and they'll come into that first email. It'll say, hey, thanks for signing up. Here's some more info about us. Here's about our you know, CEO, blah, blah, blah. I would say six emails in that welcome series. If you just start out, sit down over a weekend, hash out those six emails, put them into your funnel, and then you're good to go. It doesn't matter how many people are in your, it'll just yeah. continue to grow, you know, and they'll keep getting those emails. You won't have to click and send every week. It'll just happen. Yeah. So do the funnel and then you can pick up individual emails because by the time you get to the point of six or whatever uh, number you've got, uh, being completed, well, then you should have some sort of an audience built up to start receiving other emails. Yep. And then you can do a newsletter. You know, once yeah. you get to that point, you can do a weekly newsletter, but those welcome funnels are just going to sit and continue to work uh, yeah. for you. Yeah. Cool. Well, Rebecca, this has been great. Um, how would people get a hold of you if they want your uh, email marketing expertise? Absolutely. So you can reach out to me at my website, which is www.rabmarketing.info. You can also reach out to me at rbender at rabmarketing.info. And I will assist you with anything that you need with email marketing. Okay. Well, this has been another great episode. I'm Cash Miller, host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. We've been talking email marketing and what you can do to build the list up and then be able to send those emails, how you can use them to craft your story, connect with your audience, you know, send them things that are relevant and keep high open rates and turn it ultimately into sales. So thank you for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.